Earlier this year, a uh, group of women peasant farmers from 39 countries gathered in Mozambique. They were there to host the first international women's school, learn about the rights of small-scale farming and uh, how they can push for food sovereignty, a concept which we will explain to you shortly. Collectively, they called themselves the Via Campesina, and uh, later this year, they'll join their male counterparts at an international conference in Colombia where they'll celebrate 30 years of the global peasant movement. Now, to discuss the future of that movement, we have, uh, making her debut on our program from France, Morgan Odie, who's the general coordinator of the Via Campesina. Morgan, welcome. You uh, describe yourself as a peasant farmer. What is the definition? Because in English, as I'm sure you know, the term peasant can have a very negative meaning. Good evening, Philip. Thanks a lot for the invitation. Uh, indeed, uh, I am a, I'm a peasant. Uh, and for us in La Via Campesina, it's very important to reclaim this word because just like in Australia, in most of the countries, peasant is a very negative wording, but actually for us, it's, um, it's very key. A peasant is someone who engages alone or with a community in small scale agricultural production for subsistence, but also one part of the production can go for the, for the market and who has a special uh, attachment to the land. Uh, it's not about uh, a job, it's about a way of living. Tell me about your organisation, the Via Campesina. How did it get started 30 years ago? So La Via Campesina is the global peasant movement. It gathers more than 180 peasants' organisations all over the world, in Asia, in Africa, in the Americas, in, in Europe. And it got started 30 years ago in 93, uh, basically because peasants all over the world uh, were being hurt by neoliberal policies, by the policies of the IMF, of the World Bank linked to structural adjustment, uh, and also by the policies of uh, free trade. As you know, the World Trade Organization was created in 95. And um, this globalization of the economies was understood very soon by peasants' organization as a huge threat against local peasant production. I guess you could say that you represent over 200 million small-scale food producers. Yes, most of the organization who are members of Flavia Campesina are really massive organizations with, for example, in India or in Nigeria or in Brazil, we have members' organizations who gather millions of uh, people. We've both used the term food sovereignty. Now time to explain it, please. Food sovereignty is the right of people to decide about food and agricultural policies. And we reclaim food sovereignty because right now what governs food and agriculture 
is the law of the market. It's the law of transnational companies. So uh, we believe that it is key that not only as peasants, not only as small-scale farmers, but as people really, with all citizens, we reclaim the right to decide about our food policies because food and agriculture shape our societies, it shapes the landscapes, it shapes our culture, so we should have a say about it. So it includes everything from the production to the distribution and consumption of food, all the way from the farm to the market. Exactly. Uh, It is about who has access to land, water. It is about seeds production. It is about uh, how we produce food. It is about um, how the retailing system works. And it is about how citizens have access to healthy food. So really it goes uh, from from the farmers, from the peasants, up to the consumers. And of course, it also includes all the workers who work in the food chain. And it also covers fisher folk as well, doesn't it? It's not simply farm workers. Of course, uh, food sovereignty uh, is is also taken by... uh, artisanal fisherfolk organization as a key demand because, of course, the the fishing sector, it's also important for them. And we, including in La Via Campesina, we have some member organization which uh, who gather um, fishing communities uh, of communities working on the coastal areas. Now, recognition for the importance of traditional knowledge is also central to your plan. Of course, uh, in La Via Campesina, we are extremely critical of what is called the Green Revolution, which has nothing to do with organic revolution or with uh, ecological revolution, but which is about uh, the, the techniques that were, that were promoted in the 60s, 70s, 80s, and up to now, based on synthetic pesticides, synthetic inputs, uh, GMOs, in order to increase the the yields. And these techniques, uh, it really destroyed most of peasants' communities. First of all, because it generated a huge level of pollution of the waters, of the land, but also because all the knowledges of the peasants, and it's about huge level of knowledges of knowing each specificity of the territory, All of this was completely erased and we had technicians, people coming to the farming communities and telling the people, okay, now you need to use this product or this product, not knowing anything about the huge diversity of knowledges that that we use. And it's important to say that right now, as we are facing the climate crisis, the biodiversity crisis, that these knowledges are so important to take care of the earth. They are the basis of uh, healthy relations between the humans and our territories. So that's the reason why we really reclaim on these traditional knowledges. And you're battling for biodiversity by promoting the cultivation and consumption of a wide range of native and, uh, and heirloom varieties, aren't you? Yes, one of the main threats for biodiversity is this huge monoculture 
with uh, chemical fertilizers, with pesticides, which destroy the insects, which destroy the, the birds. Why the model that we promote in La Via Campesina is based on agroecology. So it is about taking care of the soil fertility and having a wide range of different plants and also a mix between small livestock production together with uh, uh, other crops so that we have a more autonomous farming system where with the manure of the animal, we uh, manage the fertility of the crops and we use part of the crops to feed the animals. So it's really a model that has been used by peasant community communities for centuries. And this works. It produces healthy food and it takes care of uh, our territories and the biodiversity. I, as I was telling you off air, I uh, spent the first 10 years of my life living on a tiny farm of just four acres with uh, two peasant farmers. And these days, although the farm I live on is rather larger, we still practice exactly the same principles that you're outlining. Now, Morgan, I'd like you to describe your own farm because you are a biofarmer. Tell us about uh, your practices. So I have a small farm of one tree hectare, uh, but it's, it's a pretty small farm. And I grow mainly vegetables, but I also have a few sheep, a few chickens. I don't know if you can hear uh, the, the chickens, uh, <laughs> but uh, they are they are singing. And um, but it's for my own consumption. And I do sell uh, some vegetable boxes to families of my community around, and also to a local market. Why are women such an important part of the peasant movement? Well, all over the world, uh, most of the time, men have been much more integrated in the capitalist production systems. So wherever you go, the men will be producing the commodities for money. While in most of the parts of the world, women are producing for uh, the subsistence of the family. So women have been much more keen to keep the traditional knowledges and to maintain a production which is really meant to feed the family, but also to feed the local community. So most of the knowledges and the value of peasant farming are really in the hand of uh, women. So it's a, it's, a, it's a very strong feminism and we believe a lot in equality, but not in equality where women should take the example of men, but rather the contrary. Morgan, tell me about some examples of how the uh, the peasant movement is having a, an influence. Let's look at uh, Colombia, for example. Well, what, what is happening right now in Colombia is extremely inspiring. Uh, as you know, for more than 30 years, uh, Colombia has suffered tremendously because of the narcotic uh, gangs very much linked to, to former governments. And uh, in the war against the narcotic led by the US, uh, subsistence farming, peasant farming has been, has been really uh, destroyed and criminalized a lot. And since the, um, the new government with the president Petro arrived in uh, power, there is now really a strategy to support sustainable peasant agriculture. 
And for example, they had it passed in the law six months ago, the recognition that the peasantry is a political subject of right. And this is for us very important. Political subject, because in most of the political movements, they consider that as peasantry, we are nothing. Uh, we, we don't count. And so for us, it's very important that one government recognize that we are a political subject. And of right, it is also extremely important, is that as individuals, just like as communities, we do have rights. And this is recognized in the United Nations Declaration on the Rights of Peasants and Other People Working in Rural Areas that was, uh, that was um, voted uh, in the General Assembly of the UN in 2018. And now this government of Petro is really um, taking it seriously, this uh, UN Declaration on the Rights of Peasants, and trying to implement it in a, nas in a national context uh, in rural areas, which once again, where people really have been hurt a lot by this traffic of, uh, of narcos and the war against uh, narco traffic. Let's go from Colombia to Nepal, which you've mentioned in brief. What are the, the issues for small-scale farmers there? Well, Nepal is another very inspiring country. Uh, the, the Nepalese government has put in the law the right for food sovereignty, and they have a plan to move the country completely towards agroecology by 2030. And so they are really uh, trying to support the, the peasantry to recover the food sovereignty. As you know, they are, uh, they are just uh, besides India, so they are importing a lot of uh, food from uh, India. But uh, there is a plan from, from the government uh, together with the peasants' organization, which for us is very important, that as peasants' organization, we are being listened to by governments to recover the food sovereignty and also to go towards uh, agroecology. So for us, these are two very interesting examples that show that it's possible to uh, base policies of the government really on uh, agrarian policies supporting of the peasants. Most of the organisations, the political organisations and the lobby groups in Australia who claim to represent farmers, in fact, represent industrial scale farming. Do you have representation here in Australia? We have very good ally. It is uh, AFSA, the Australian Food Sovereignty Alliance. They are a very interesting organisation gathering uh, small scale farmers but also working a lot with indigenous communities because obviously most of the indigenous communities also grow food and have a special attachment to the land. So in many of, uh, of uh, the countries, the link between peasant communities and indigenous communities is extremely important. And I think that's what this AFSA is trying to do in Australia. Finally, tell me about the uh, push for recognition becoming a major part of your discussions at your upcoming international conference in South America. Well, we do have a lot of challenges ahead. One of the huge challenges that La Via Campesina has is that in many countries, the war and the armed conflicts are displacing a lot of the rural population out of their territories. Uh, so, for example, right now, there is the burning issue of uh, Western Africa, 
where between the terrorist organization and the war situation, a lot of the rural communities cannot stay in the territory because their houses are being burned, because their crops are being destroyed. So these people, they need to move to the cities to get the protection, but then they cannot produce food anymore. And so we have a crisis of hunger, which is very much linked to this situation of uh, armed conflict. So as La Via Campesina, we have a very long-standing uh, position of uh, against wars uh, to say that we need to solve the conflicts with uh, diplomacy and with having the people, the rural people, the peasants at the center of uh, the resolution of, uh, of conflicts. Another very important uh, topic for us is the possibility for young people to start farming. Uh, and so we need to make sure that uh, young people see it as a good opportunity, an opportunity to have a good life, to, to keep farming and to learn the knowledges that their parents have instead of moving to the cities or to have to migrate to other countries. So these are two very big, important challenges that we have ahead. A very inspirational contribution to our little program. I thank you for that, uh, Morgan Odie, General Coordinator of La Via Campesina. Thanks, Morgan. Thanks a lot. ABCRN helps you understand the world. Find more of our stories on the ABC Listen app.